0: This is an interactive live cast, and we welcome your questions. To ask a question during the live cast, use the comment or chat features. Now, get ready to dive into this week's topics with our hosts on location in Colorado, USA.
1: Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Truth and Liberty livecast. Uh, happy Memorial Day to everyone, um, and uh, hope you're enjoying this amazing day when we uh, remember those who paid the ultimate price for our freedom. So, I'm Richard Harris, like I said, executive director of Truth and Liberty, and uh, we are so excited today to have in studio as our special guest, Kristen Hawkins. And Kristen is the the head of president. I'm not sure exactly what your president. title is. You're you're the the big honcho at student for life and uh, we are so honored to have you with us Kristen I'm going to give you a proper introduction here in just a second Uh, but before we do that we're going to um, hear from Kim Kohler Kim is co-hosting with me today which is really awesome Kim is the um, coordinator of the practical government school at Karis Bible College so an amazing program there but Kim you've got some uh, information important stuff we need to share with our viewers so I'll just let you take it away
2: yes thank you I do so uh, we want to tell you for your best viewing uh, experience to go to the truthandliberty.net live go to the website truthandliberty.net live you're going to have the best viewing experience the truth and liberty website has many valuable resources 24 hour feed and you're just going to be blessed there all the episodes are archived and you can go back through and you can bin- binge watch all of truth and liberty um, Also, when you're on the website, please check out our resources page. Andrew Womick has a new blog that's entitled The End of Row May Be In Sight, but There's Work To Be Done. And then Billy Epperhart, he is the CEO uh, of uh, Andrew Womick Ministries, and he has um, the most pertinent blog there. It's just pertinent for today. It's a question that everyone is asking, and that is, will there be a 2023 recession? Um, Three determining factors, and how you can prepare for that recession. And we have a lot of upcoming events here at Karis Bible College. The first one, though, is in Fayetteville, Georgia. It is the Awakening Conference 2022. It is June 10th through the 11th. Andrea will be speaking EW Jackson and um, Mario Murillo so you'll want to catch that and then here at our Karis Bible College campus uh, on Woodland Park is in the God we trust performance that will be July 3rd through the 4th it is a patriotic event that you won't want to miss it'll turn your heart really towards what is our country was founded on um, the Summer Family Bible Conference that is held here at Karis Bible College July 5th through the 8th. You can register at awmi.net backslash events and you will hear Andrew speak and many of the teachers that teach at Karis Bible College. And then we have our Healing is Here Conference will be August 8th, or I'm sorry, August 9th through the 12th. And the, my favorite conference of them all is the Truth and Liberty Conference. Richard Harris will be speaking, Andrew Womick, so many people, that is September 8th through the 10th here in Woodland Park. We invite you to subscribe to our newsletter and the newsletter we have a weekly drawing that we have and you can win the um, spirit, soul and body that Andrew has. You can be eligible for that and you will sign up for that at truthandliberty.net backslash subscribe. And we also invite you to become a member of Truth and Liberty. With Truth and Liberty everything that we do is is sponsored by our donations. So we invite you to do, sign up for Truth and Liberty to be a donator and we will give you this Declaration of Independence and the Constitution of the United States of America. And lastly, but very not least, is we invite you to prayer. If you have a prayer need today, we ask you to, to um, call our Andrew Womack helpline at
1: 719-635-1111. Well thanks Kim, that was awesome. Well, uh, so it's just like a a super honor for me to be able to introduce today our very special guest, Kristen Hawkins. Kristen, literally, she doesn't know this, but she's like a hero in my mind. Uh, When I look at her accomplishments, I feel like, uh, you know, I have wasted my life (laughs) almost. I'm kidding. But Kristen is amazing. She is the president of Students for Life. And uh, she took this organization starting in 2006, right, when you had just a handful of student groups around the country. and now you've got over 1,200 on campus student for life clubs or whatever you call them chapters, chapters probably is yeah. the right word and the, uh, you guys are making a huge difference on the abortion issue um, Kristen has held positions in the I think the George Bush uh, administration the That's Republican right. National Committee mm-hmm. and uh, the work that you've done is just phenomenal and we're just so honored to have you with us today.
3: Well it's great to be back anytime I'm in Colorado I always email Richard and say hey do you want to do something? Get get your on my podcast or or do something with truth and liberty because we're big fans of truth and liberty at students for life and all that you are doing and you definitely have not
1: wasted your life (laughs) let
3: me just make that very clear
1: (laughs) (laughs) just kidding but uh you know it's awesome what you've done kristen i think that uh you know students for life has it looks to me like you guys have made a huge impact i've been of course you know abortion has been uh, a major issue for christian conservatives Mm -hmm. For 60 years, ever since I've been politically aware, people have been talking about abortion, mm-hmm. the need to get Roe v.ersus Wade reversed, and I, and I remember when your organization kind of came on the the national scene, and we started seeing your your signs. I am a pro life gener, mm-hmm. I am the pro life generation. And yeah. um, tell us about that kind of development of Students for Life. Would you? How, how has it become such a force?
3: Well, I think it's a great uh, testament to the power of the Holy Spirit and the power of saying yes to the Lord. Mm. Um, because when we, we started Students for Life, we had this idea that, you know, if you look back in the history of social movements, you need young people, you need the youth, the the, the energy, you need the optimism of young people to yeah. really drive those movements forward. Um, and so that was really one of the main driving ideas behind our launch at Students for Life, that we needed to go on the offensive, right where the abortion industry was targeting. High school and college young people and do what we know works best, peer to peer influence and marketing. And not speak to them as their grandmother or their parents even, but as a friend of saying, hey, this is a bad decision for you and definitely for your child and here is why and I care about you. And that, that just speaks different, differently. We know like, for example, when we go out from an abortion facility and the students are praying, they tend to have a higher kind of what we call a turnaround rate, where they expect someone who's older to be out there praying or saying don't have this abortion, Hmm. but when they see someone their own age who gave up, you know, 6 a.m. on Saturday morning to be out. You know, especially here in Colorado, in the snow, yes. uh, to be there to witness to them. Yeah. That that's like, wait, wait a minute. Why is somebody my own age caring about me? And it's it, it gives them pause yeah. for a second. So that that's really the the launch idea behind Students for Life is is to be that young generation. And now it's so exciting because. When we launched Students for Life, the idea was to create this post-row structure. Mm -hmm. That, in, you know, for so long in the pro-life movement, all of our activities were focused on Washington, D.C. But when you think about what has to happen now as we're staring into a post-row era, this is a battle that's going to all 50 states and you mm-hmm. need chapters you need student leaders you need people ready and willing to rush to the capitals like you all have done here mm-hmm. at truth liberty a lot in denver mm-hmm. uh to to stand up for life mm-hmm. and to man- demand that the legislators protect life protect women uh work in the communities to yes. make the pregnancy center resources known which actually we have come to find is one of our largest problems in the pro-life movement is that 73 percent of the people we talk to in our communities don't know Pregnancy Resource Centers and mm-hmm. Maternity Homes exist. All that we do in the pro-life movement have been doing. So that's, that's it's, a, it's been a very exciting time for yeah. us in the pro-life movement, especially at Students for Life. It's also a very, um, I'd say I'm taking this responsibility uh, really on my shoulders of, okay, now everything we've been building, everything that we've been working towards, all of these leaders we've been equipping and mentoring throughout the years, now it's really gonna come down. They're all going to be responsible for being leaders, in, you know, in their state. It's not mm-hmm. going to be, you know, Kristen Hawkins, and you know, our team. It's going to be them.
1: Right. Well, yeah. Uh, because what you're alluding to is that Roe is hopefully about to be reversed, right? Yes.
3: Yes. <laughs> so that's what uh, I'm not saying, but I really want to say. Well. <laughs> let's just say
1: it. Let's just say it. We we <laughs> hope that it is. We yes. believe that it is. Yes. Yes. You know, um, one of the things that strikes me about Students for Life and the way you guys have gone about it is what I though just the way I see it is you guys have been bold in your faith mm-hmm. like believing that you're going to be victorious in this (gasps) battle. That row is going to be reversed and you know your people are out there. I am the pro-life generation.
3: David didn't go into battle thinking he was going to lose. Well there
1: you go, right? Right. Yeah, Yeah, I'm going to cut your head off and feed you to the whatever, right? I mean uh, you you guys you're bold in your declaration that your goal is to abolish abortion. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. I don't hear that a lot of places and we see so much kind of compromise out there on this issue. Well, we can't get it abolished, we can only do this, but that's not how you guys have Mm -hmm. approached the whole thing.
3: Yeah, I mean, we definitely want to be pragmatic, we don't want to prescribe policy solutions that we know have no chance of, of passing or going into effect that hurt our movement. But I think there's there's something about that mentality, right? Yeah. Of having a winner's mentality of saying, we can do this, we can be victorious. Um, because if you don't, it, it's I always talk about it as sports psychology, like, you know, if you go onto the field and you think you're gonna lose, your team's probably going to lose right. you have to go onto the field knowing truth is on our side our creator of the universe is on our side here uh, it's pretty, uh, that's a pretty big person to have in your pocket uh, we can actually get this done and let's not let's not deceive ourselves into think it's impossible because once we start thinking oh we'll never we'll never completely abolish abortion we'll never get rid of abortion We don't act. We don't act with the vigor, with Mm -hmm. the intensity Mm -hmm. that we should, because we've already told ourselves it's not possible.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah, that's awesome. So there's been so much progress Mm -hmm. on abortion over just the last 10 years. Uh, and even the last five years, it seems like the pace has accelerated, Mm -hmm. uh, at the state level. What do you attribute that to? What, why are we making headway on this issue?
3: Well, I mean, the state level progress we've seen in the past 10 to 12 years, just really this huge influx of legislation being introduced, proposed, passed, and that was really a realization of a lot of legislators that Washington, D.C. isn't going to do it. It really started with the election of Barack Obama. Mm. When President Obama was elected, folks were like, wait a minute, like we cannot rely on Washington DC to do anything to protect women and children from the predatory abortion industry. Like if if I care about this issue, if I'm really pro-life and I'm gonna hold my pledge to my constituents, I'm going to have to do something, and so we started to see this tidal wave. And then folks started to realize, wait a minute, there's actually more that I can do. Um, and I think that's that's very important within the states is to empower our legislators um, and to say you don't have to wait at the doors of the Supreme Court based on the decision that seven men in 1973 made to do anything. Like you can mm-hmm. actually make an impact. I mean, that's what we saw this year, for example, in Texas when the heartbeat law was signed into uh, law September 1st, where it's 60 some percent of now abortions in Texas have ceased because of this law. And what they did in Texas was they even—I mean, you, you know—I mean, it, it was a pretty big discussion point. Like, would it hold? Would the Supreme Court allow this? Right. Because it doesn't have criminal penalties; it has civil penalties. Yeah. And they got around the fact that the district attorney said, "We're not going to enforce any laws that the state passes," even though they're sworn to uphold those laws. They said that they would not do their job. So the so the state came back and said, "Fine, we'll do cr- civil penalties." Mm-hmm. And it's been this novel approach that's now saved thousands, tens of thousands of lives in the state of Texas. And Texas, Texans were like, yes, like yeah. we can make an impact
1: here. Now that Texas heartbeat, Bill, the, the thing about it that's that's great is that it's going after the pocketbook, right? That's right. It's mm-hmm. going after the money, which is the root of the abortion. Mm-hmm. You called it a predatory abortion industry, I yeah. think, were your words. Can you elaborate on that? What do you mean? That's a pretty big statement, actually.
3: Planned Parenthood.
1: Because they, they market yes. themselves as saving women. No, right? they are
3: predators. They are predators. Um, because if you look at their business cycle, it's, you know, they are very intentional about going in, building relationship with our young people. It's early as elementary school in California, but building a relationship, getting their name to them, having them, you can come to us, you can trust us if you have questions about sexual health or if you wanna start having an intimate relationship with your partner, come to us if you don't wanna go to your parents. Because they realize the sooner they can get her or him into the door, the more money they make because they'll prescribe birth control which will have a lot of health effects for her. Um, We know isn't always very effective. Um, She's going once she's on birth control, even if she's not having sex, she's more likely to then engage in sex. So then she's gonna come back for STD testing, which by the way, And then if she has an STD, she'll go for treatment, but they only treat 18% of STDs they diagnose. So that's a big misnomer. A lot of people think Planned Parenthood is always treating STDs, Mm -hmm. they're not. Um, And so it's just a cycle. And so when she gets pregnant, who is she gonna go to? Well, she's gonna to go to her friends at Planned Parenthood, who she's been going to for five years to get her birth control, to get her STD tests. And so they just develop this relationship. That's why we always talk with pregnancy centers and the importance of pregnancy centers in the community, mm-hmm. as you know, Kim, getting out into the young people yeah. and getting your name known and building that relationship and building up that trust with them before Planned Parenthood does. Wow,
1: there seems to be a mindset <clears throat> on the left with Planned Parenthood and progressives that view pregnancy as some kind of an evil thing, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah.
3: uh, Obamacare labeled it a preventable disease. Pregnancy is officially labeled by the US government as a preventable disease. That is how, so in Obamacare, during the Affordable Care Act debate, the Democrats in Congress wanted to force every state, uh, I mean, every state or national insurance plan to cover contraceptives. Now, contraceptives are very, there's a con in contraceptives because some contraceptives actually prevent conception. Other contraceptives can prevent conception, but they also can prevent the new human being from attaching into the uterine wall and not causing early abortion. Some contraceptives, chemical contraceptives can act as early Mm abortifacients, but they wanted to get all those funded free of charge for women, right? Remember the women's rights people said it was unfair that they had to pay $9 a month for birth control pills. So the government labeled HHS, my former employer, Department of Health and Human Services, labeled pregnancy a preventable disease and then said because it's a preventable disease, it has to be covered by insurances at 100%.
1: Wow. Wow. And that's still the law? Yep.
3: Mm -hmm. It's still the
1: law today. That's incredible to me. You know, it kind of goes to a a fundamental worldview issue here, doesn't it? Mm -hmm. And what you think about how um, human beings are made whether we're made at all or whether we're just an accident and all those kinds of issues and um, and and it's interesting isn't it how the the sort of the the those who reject the Christian worldview are sort of on one side and Mm -hmm. those who embrace it are on the other it really is about what do we think Mm -hmm. about life Mm -hmm. and how why it's important and that kind of thing
3: it's a fundamental issue I mean you think about in the next few weeks, actually, in Capitol Hill, there's gonna be a vote taken for the Veterans Health Administration to force all taxpayers to fund abortion counseling and IVF through for veterans. And there's a big question about that. And it's a a worldview thing.
1: Tell our folks what IVF
3: is. So vitro fertilization. So that there's so many couples across America who are experiencing infertility and Mm -hmm. desperate for having to have children. And a lot of folks say, well, just do IVF. We don't talk about what happens in IVF. Mm. That in IVF, because it's not very successful, has less than a 30% success rate, you Mm -hmm. have to extract eggs, you extract sperm, you create multiple humans in the lab you would test those human beings and determine which ones have diseases like my children, cystic fibrosis. Those embryos either get thrown away or they oh. get donated to research. They, they create multiple humans, so they test which embryos are the best ones. Some of them might get frozen for later use and then they'll only implant certain embryos into a mother.
0: Wow. Talk
3: That's what happens with IVF. Talk
1: about playing God. Wow. This
3: is, this is what goes back to your worldview question. Yeah. Because if you've lost sight and many Christians don't know this and I'm not mm-hmm. I'm not passing judgment if you've used IVF or you know you've con- been conceived in IVF you are an equally valuable member of our human species and you, you know you are created in the image of God. But this is a huge issue that we need to talk about but it goes to that commodization. Of human life. Yeah. Wow. Of do you believe that life is intrinsically valuable, or do you believe that you, as an individual, have the ability to create life or to stop life? And that's what this all comes down to. Yeah whose image were you made it in?
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, that's right. And, you know, Krishna, I was reading your bio um, before the show and notice that you um, are a speaker on the subject of feminism, right? <laughs> so I want to ask you this. I have to giggle every time. What's that?
3: I have to giggle anytime someone calls me a feminist. Oh well, how
1: does how does the uh, how does this whole issue play into feminism and Mm -hmm. your views on and a person's view on the Mm -hmm. role of women and that sort of thing? Well,
3: it's interesting. You know, going back to so all these media interviews are happening, and all you see. if you watch CNN, MSNBC right now with the leaked Dobbs decision, potential reversal of Ro, mm-hmm. you would think we were going to go back to 1930s America, where women are not have equal opportunities to education and the workforce, you know, not have the ability to own property or vote. I mean, that's kind of the mantra that they're using, mm-hmm. and that's what the feminist movement has really been promoting: is this idea that your equality as a free human being, a full member functioning in our society is directly related to your ability to pay somebody else to end a life that's inconvenient to you. That's essentially what they've been doing. But what we, you know, what we say in the pro-life movement, we actually have a very progressive view. This is 2022. This is not 1972. This is not 1962. We don't want to go back. And in fact, I would think the moment we're in right now should be a moment where the feminist movement should be championing this. So saying we have we have created all these protections in our society, so a woman shouldn't have to choose. She shouldn't have to choose between the life of her child, and her education, or her career. And guess what? She doesn't have to do that anymore. Even if she's a single mother, which we know is going to be incredibly difficult for her, she, should, she shouldn't and doesn't have to choose because we have the protections and laws in place. But instead, the feminist movement is, isn't saying that at all. They're using all of these antiquated talking points that they literally used in the
1: 1960s. Like back alley abortions and... Mm-hmm.
3: It's like all scare tactics things like that. Yeah, yeah. and th- they've been using these scare tactics of it. Women are gonna die in the streets if they don't have access to legal abortion. One, I was in Texas for six weeks this spring. I was in a lot of alleys, trying to find parking for my huge truck. Trust me, it was not a good experience. Um, and I never saw a dead woman. Mm. I was in the airport every week. I saw women conducting business. They had business suits on and had a cell phone and they weren't walking behind a man. Like it was, you know, I would go to college campuses in Massachusetts, I was like, greeting from Texas. I came from Texas and guess what? I was still a full functioning member of society even though, I don't have the quote-unquote right to end the life of my child when, when their heartbeat is present. Mm-hmm. And, and so you, I think we have to dispel some of yeah, these myths. Right. I also think we need to be talking about, like just yesterday, uh, Vice News, which is a very pro-abortion-leaning news outlet. Every once in a while, they'll be a little fair. They're publishing stories teaching women how to do do-it-yourself abortions. Wow. coming up with these like herbal tea. This is the people that were like all about science and like made fun of the president for his, you know, what was it ivermectin uh, use during uh, COVID and said you have to follow Dr. Fauci in the science. But yet these are the people now giving women homemade tea recipes so they can abort their child. I mean, they're the ones actually now promoting unsafe abortions that's yeah. going to kill women.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's amazing. So, um, uh, Supreme Court, Mm -hmm. draft opinion was leaked uh, three or four weeks ago, I don't recall exactly how long, Um, authored by Justice Alito and uh, reversing Roe versus Wade, Mm -hmm. 100% reversal, which Mm -hmm. means that the issue of whether abortion is a constitutional right, that it's clearly not under that opinion, under the U.S. Constitution, but the states would be free to regulate abortion Mm -hmm. going forward. It, it, what's the status at this point? It, it, it caused a huge uproar uh, on the left and um, yep. the opinion was leaked, which was unprecedented. Um, and uh, For, will forever harm
3: our republic.
1: Well, uh, yeah. If, if the Supreme Court were to bow to that pressure, I think you'd be right. Mm-hmm. Um, if they hold their ground, though, perhaps uh, they will reestablish re-establish that boundary that we're not gonna we're not going tolerate this kind of intimidation mm-hmm. um, what do you think is going to happen
3: I think it's very uh, likely that they will move to fully reverse row because of what you just said Richard mm-hmm. that going back on their decision yeah. would totally undermine any credibility this court would ever have because all you have to say is whoever goes out and protests their houses the most and makes the most death threats wins. I mean that's essentially what they would be saying. and I think it's actually very telling of how they already view at the Supreme Court, the abortion advocates within 10 minutes of that decision being leaked, there were already barricades out in front of the Supreme Court. Now there's a non scalable fence. I can guarantee you if it was the other way, there would there would be no need. No, if they were mad about pro lifers, worried about angry pro lifers, they wouldn't be putting up non scalable fences.
1: No pro lifers. They wouldn't be the court wouldn't be afraid of the court being burned down and people no. being killed by pro lifers
3: No, no. But, but I mean, that's what they've just actually issued the summer of rage. We were out. They had this bands off our bodies March the other weekend. Um, we were out there. We, spent, we had to spend tens of thousands of dollars hiring security. We couldn't even go to all the cities we wanted to counter because we couldn't find security guards willing to protect our students. Wow. Um, but this is a violent movement. I mean, they literally declared, we will have a summer of rage. We have declared the summer of service, Mm. the summer of standing with her. Um, And I think that's incredibly important, but I think the dichotomy couldn't be Mm -hmm. any more clear that they are the the summer of rage. There's been bomb threats. There's been bombs have been thrown into pro-life offices, pregnancy centers, evangelizations. This is who they are. I mean, and we shouldn't, I know we we are surprised by their behavior, but really we shouldn't be because these are folks that advocate for violence behind the closed doors of Planned Parenthood. That's what they do. Yeah. So why, why wouldn't they go out in the street and commit that violence right. too? Yeah.
1: Right, abortion is an act of violence. Absolutely. Against an innocent person. Absolutely. And 99% of the time it's done for some, some kind of personal convenience related mm-hmm reason okay. uh, and it's usually not to save the life of the mother and mm-hmm. so on so if you think it's okay mm-hmm. to commit violence for a reason of personal convenience then it's an ends justifies the means kind of situation and why not use violence against those mm-hmm. who are standing up for or who are getting in your way mm-hmm. right? That's right so that's an extreme statement mm-hmm. I recognize that but it, it seems to be true to me
3: yeah it's it's absolutely true and I think it's hard for a lot of people at home to think about not I'm not saying every pro-choice person is like this but there is a there is a large group of people who who have no problem now committing violence right out in the open street Mm -hmm. and they feel morally justified in their behavior because once again going back to your point you made earlier they have lost sight that we are all created in his image, mm-hmm. that we are yeah. all equally valuable. Even though I might disagree with you on this very important issue, it doesn't mean that you're not a valuable human being.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. Well, so, so uh, here we are, Memorial Day, and the Supreme Court's opinions are usually issued in June or sometime around there. Um, do we anticipate that uh, the Dobbs opinion is mm-hmm. going to be issued here pretty quickly?
3: They have. We've been out at the court every day since the beginning of April. They started like end of March issuing their decisions for the year. Um, the most controversial decisions usually come down their last week of work, right before they get out of Dodge and go to 4th of July holiday. So it's the last week of June. That's always when I get my suntan every year. I get like a tan from here up and in my arms uh, because you have to be You're out at the there. Court. Yeah, and you for never July. know. It was so so frustrating is you never know what decision's coming down. You just know this is a decision day. Something's coming out, one yes. or two cases. So we believe they're probably still going to release the decision at the end of June. Uh-huh. Um, there has been arguments made from security forces in D.C. to let them to let them issue it sooner. Um, to not allow the abortion industry to gather steam uh, because of the violent threats. Mm. But we believe it will likely be the end of June. But we'll be out there, we'll be out there tomorrow. Tomorrow's a decision day.
1: Okay. (laughs) Wow. So if the court um, holds its ground and the same justices vote, you know, the same way they did in that draft opinion, Roe versus Wade will be reversed. It will no longer be the law of the land. But will abortion instantly be illegal everywhere in America.
3: I wish that were the case, but no. And you need to tell people that because that's what the majority of Americans don't know what Roe vs. Wade is. In fact, if you don't like any abortion, if you have any problems with abortion ever, then you don't like Roe vs. Wade. You'll see all these polls that come out. Majority of Americans support Roe vs. Wade. Mm Mm-hmm. Ask them what Roe versus Wade is yeah. <laughs> because they don't know. And we've, we've done this with our own internal polling at Students for Life with our Dimitri Institute. Every year, the past I think three years, we've asked 18 to 34 year olds, the largest voting block, the most liberal voting block in America, how they feel about Roe. We ask the question initially, we lose. They'll be mm-hmm. 60, 40, whatever. Then we'll say, did you know Roe versus Wade allows abortion all nine months for any reason and sometimes with taxpayer funds? instantly we win the majority and like a 10-point shift. I mean we we were in the 60% of the most liberal voting bloc saying oh I don't support Roe versus Wade after learning one sentence. Mm -hmm. So um, yeah it's that's not the case. Reversing Roe does not make abortion illegal everywhere. In fact this is actually very popular. 80% of the young people we polled this year, and these were majority liberal pe- young people, said that they thought they should have a right to vote on abortion policy in your state. So this is something that is broadly popular, that this is a decision that's gonna go from seven men, unelected men in 1973, uh, to now your states. And you will you will have a voice, and you'll be able to influence abortion policy in your state. And that's why our battle, and our, our fight in the pro-life movement actually grows greater. This is not the end of the pro-life movement. I kids were so excited when they heard about the draft decision. I mean, there was like cheering in my house. I had to run out, um, but I had to come back in and say, wait a minute, our work's actually getting harder, because now the tension will shift from this to now a 50-state battle. We have about 26 states, we think, that can move or will move to completely restrict abortion or significantly restrict abortion, protecting children and women. but, you know, the abortion industry will be filing lawsuit after lawsuit against, you know, pre, some of these states have pre-1973 uh, protections against abortion. Uh, other states have passed the since. Uh, we just helped some of our legislation, Students for Life Action was just signed into law in Oklahoma that bans all abortions as of August 1st. And there's actual criminal penalties. We've done that in Arkansas. So those laws foreseeably then would go into effect. Um, but then it's going to be a fight.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So 26 states. <clears throat> so this gets really complicated. It does. Because we have 50 there's
3: lots st- of maps.
1: Yeah. 50 states uh, that would all have their own law on mm-hmm. abortion. That's right. um, Everything from Oklahoma that just yep. passed a, an outright criminal ban yep. on abortion. Uh, was it after conception? Is that the? Yeah,
3: it's, it's life begins at conception. So. And
1: to Colorado, which uh, allows abortion all the way up to and arguably even during childbirth, mm-hmm. and um, California. California is on the verge of of trying to go even a little further than that. Ban um, oh. uh so um, and so you've got fifty states, and you're saying twenty six of those are poised to have major restrictions. So what does that mean exactly? Does that mean banning it, or yeah. or nothing after the first trimester, or where does
3: some of the states have? trigger laws. Uh-huh. Uh, so these are laws that have, were already passed that said if Roe is, was ever reversed we will immediately make abortion illegal in our state. Some of these states have laws that are pre-1973 on the books that made abortion illegal. That when Roe came down their law no longer apply, but then those laws would go back into effect, Yeah, and then there's other states like Oklahoma and Arkansas that we've been working on and we've been passing legislation hmm. to ban abortion. In fact, o- Oklahoma has passed and signed into law, like three major—they passed our Life at Conception Act, a student's life action, which is criminal penalties from abortionists. They just passed and signed into law another Life at Conception Act that um, I think has civil penalties, and they passed a the heartbeat act. I mean, and and so like Oklahoma has like it's going to be it's going to be like whack a mole for uh, abortionists because yeah. we know they're going to they're going to try to sue every sue against every pro-life law they're gonna have like a plethora of laws they have to sue against in Oklahoma so like if one's being enjoined, they're gonna be able to have another one take effect it's actually I'm so confused <laughs> I'm like, which one takes effect yeah. first uh, um, so you're it's going to be a little messy and so and, and I think we just have to realize as pro-life activists we have to know what our state laws are and we right. need to be talking with our representatives and ensuring they don't get bullied into silence. So like I was reading, um, well was read to me when I was driving here today, a news article. It was just, it was a stinking push poll. It wasn't even, I don't even know how they could get away with calling this a poll. But essentially it was, Democrats are more popular in abortion than Republicans. So it's basically telling all Republican legislators like if you want friends, don't, don't do pro-life laws. Yeah. Um, and so we as pro-lifers are going to have to go back to our elected officials and say, hey, you've been saying for 20 years. That you're with me. Now is the time to prove it. And mm-hmm. these folks are going to have to do some hard things. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I, and that's actually what worries me a little bit. Is we have a lot of untested folks. Uh, it's been pretty easy to say you're a state lawmaker and be pro-life in many states for a lot of years.
1: Yeah, and because now Roe it's not. actually, Roe actually gave you cover. Oh yeah,
3: because right. a lot of people said, well, you know, we really can't pass that because of Roe. This violates yeah. Yeah. Roe versus Wade. And so, you know, we actually, at Students for Life Action, got involved in a lot of GOP primaries this spring. Mm-hmm. There's some states I don't think I'm ever welcomed back into. Mm-hmm. Um, but educating voters of saying, look, you have these elected officials who years have said you're pro-life, but we need to tell you how they killed this bill. Like there was a, an Alabama a state committee. He was a chairman of one of our committees, and we were trying to get the chemical abortion ban passed this year. He wouldn't bring up for the, the to the floor for a vote. He was. The, we met with him. We brought students. We did citizen advocacy. The man refused to bring our chemical abortion bill up for a vote. And so we simply educated all of his constituents. Hey, he says he's pro-life, but just want to let you know he refused to bring our bill mm-hmm. up for a vote. Mm-hmm. He lost his election. Wow.
2: So what so, about yeah. the states that are going to ban abortion? How that? How will the um, chemical abortion? be affected
3: that's a really great question I'm glad you brought that up Kim because you know that's something we've been talking about at students for life and within the pro-life movement I'm actually mm-hmm. gonna be hiring a full-time person just dedicated to fighting chemical abortion I have a whole legal team now just fighting chemical abortion because your state could move if you live in Georgia mm-hmm. or Mississippi a lot of people will be like oh I'm good I live in a red state I'm covered I'm not living in Colorado or you know that doesn't mean anything because your state could be on abortion but your daughter, your granddaughter, can still go to her phone and order chemical abortion pills. She can send them to her friend. Some of the services teach you how to set up a, your own USPS box, so you can send them there. Um, it's It's really scary, this Wild Wild West situation we have created with chemical abortion pills. I mean, these are pills that result in injury, infertility, and death to women. They always result in death to a child, but they are extremely harmful to women. There's a, uh, the Charlotte Lozier Institute um, did a study, they just released it this November, 500% increase in emergency room-related abortion visits since this drug. I mean, this is a dangerous drug. 15% of these abortions don't actually work so she actually can have parts of her child, parts of her child's placenta still inside of her. Mm-hmm. Five to eight percent of these abortions result in serious um, consequences for her where she has yeah. to, she has to get medical care.
1: And, and so just so everybody knows, you're talking about uh, medication that the federal government has said does not require Drugs. A doctor's prescription.
3: In, a doctor still has to prescribe these oh. drugs, so it's a, it's called RU486 chemical abortion. Okay, the abortion industry calls it medication, where it's not mm-hmm. medication. Medication is supposed to help you. This is chemical. This is uh, intended to kill. Uh, there used to be REMs, so risk evaluation mitigation strategies. There's about 70 or 80 drugs in America that have rems attached them because they're very dangerous and so if your doctor prescribes you one of these drugs they have to follow the protocol to make sure you don't die. That's when the chemical abortion pills because of Bill Clinton when they were uh, actually originally allowed from the FDA in early 2000s, they, they attached these rems. Like, you have to make sure, one, she's actually pregnant. You have to make sure she's not experiencing atomic pregnancy where the child is lodged in the fallopian tube because she takes this pill. I mean, that's a life-threatening situation as it is, having yeah. an atomic pregnancy. Um, but if you take these pills, you can die. You have to also make sure if, she, you know, if she's Rh negative and her child's RH positive, you're gonna have to make sure she gets, even if she has an abortion through chemical abortion pills, you're supposed to ensure she gets Rogan uh, Rogan shot to make sure she can carry other pregnancies to term. Wow. Because that's what a lot of people don't realize. 15% of the population is RH negative. And then what happens is if you're RH negative and you're pregnant, your body will form antibodies that will attack your child, your pregnancy, and they will attack every future pregnancy. So, you won't have problems delivering, in most cases, your first child child, but you may never be able to carry another child to term ever again if you don't get this Rogan child during your pregnancy. You have to get it during an abortion or during a miscarriage. There's all kinds of things. Because of COVID, the abortion industry wasted like mm, a day. (laughs) <laughs> and it immediately went to the fda as soon as the crisis came out and demanded that they drop all these ramps and said it's too it's too hard to make women go into an abortion clinic because of covid we should be able to prescribe these drugs remotely and we should be able to trust that she knows she's pregnant or we should be able to trust that she knows how far along and pregnant she, yeah. she is which most women don't get that right OBGYN say that you know majority of women actually don't guess their gestational Pregnancy, the time limits, right? So, this is very dangerous. Mm -hmm. In December, the Biden administration dropped all REMs against these pills. So, now you can be uh, in Wyoming, for example, very conservative red state, and you can get on your phone, you can order the pills right to you. You don't even have to prove you're a Wyoming resident, you don't have to prove your age, you don't have to prove anything.
1: So, do we, do you think there's going to be legal battles uh, on the question of whether a state has the power to regulate? those prescriptions yeah even if the, the they're ordering it from some pharmaceutical company in another state
3: that's right that's the question that's yeah. that's what we've had legal teams working on is can state attorneys yeah. general uh, fight back and say no there's going to be criminal or civil penalties if you a pharmacist in California ship these drugs to my state there's a question about mail there's some already books on the law about things that are not it's a felony to distribute in the mail can you do that mm. I know people. I had a. I want to say. I have a friend who ordered some ivermectin from Mexico during COVID and wanted to have it all stocked up. He got a letter from the FDA saying, "If you do this again, we're going to come after you." Wow! Really? <laughs> yeah. So I was like, "Wait a minute." So they were, and how did they monitor this in the mail? So there are mm. things already in place in existing mm-hmm. statutes, but this is a whole new ball game uh, of how do we fight this? Because mm. now we're talking about the mail. Like I've, i had, I've had. Uh, postal carriers reach out to me and go, I don't want to be committed. I don't want to be complicit in abortion. Like how do I tell my boss that I refuse to carry abortion pills, I'm like, I don't Ooh. know, how do you know you're carrying an abortion pill? And so mm-hmm. there's a lot of questions yeah. and a lot of things we're gonna have to discuss. Um, there's been talk about maybe a civil penalty law saying, you know, if you just like in Texas, uh, if you know someone who's had an abortion uh, through chemical abortion, you know, can the parents or the partner sue the person who shipped the drug to Mm -hmm. the girlfriend or the daughter, Um, similar to the Texas Civil Penalties Law of the Heartbeat Bill.
1: Wow, so people, uh, we're not there yet. We're not there yet. People need to be praying, don't they?
3: Yes, absolutely. We are not, I think you have to understand, we are not done. This is not, this is a great, a a moment. It's taken us 50 years to get this moment. We should definitely celebrate this milestone. But this was like phase one of the Mm pro-life movement. Mm -hmm. And the abortion industry, they're already ahead of us on this. They knew this was coming. This is why they've been developing these pills. They have other pills that we were talking about before the show that they're trying to develop now to even make it faster to abort your baby. Um, They are not going to give up. And so, we need to be on our guard, educating ourselves about this. Not only are Understanding what this consequences of Roe being reversed means, but where does the battle, where do the battle lines shift?
1: Well, how can people get uh, informed and educated? Can they go to your website? Mm-hmm. Can, do you have resources that are available? That's right.
3: Um, I would encourage you to go to this org. That's a great resource where you can watch a docu series about these chemical abortion pills. It'll explain it much better than I could in just a few minute, moments how you can take a action, how you can promote the abortion pill reversal network, for example, how you can actually reverse these pills after the woman's taken the first one mm. before the second one. Um, I would encourage you to go to standingwithyou.org. That's a great resource that we put together at Students for Life where we really need the church to rise up and be promoters of all that the pro-life movement mm. does, all the pregnancy centers, the maternity yeah. home, the transitional homes. We really have to be spokespersons to say in a post row America, mm. no one woman stands alone. And yeah. if you go to standingwithyou.org, that's where you can get connected with all the public and private resources, start an instant chat with a group called Heartbeat, make a phone call. Go to studentsforlife.org, you can find out what we're up to mm-hmm. specifically on campuses and across the country.
1: So uh, once again those websites are studentsforlife.org. That's right. And then the the first one was This
3: is chemicalabortion.
1: This is chemicalabortion.org. .org, uh, .org. And then stand standing with standing with you.org. standing with you OK, well, that's, sorry,
3: I gave you a lot. Actually, no,
1: that's a lot. We we're going to um, add those to the Truth and Liberty Resources page as well. But I encourage everybody uh, to do that. Kristen, um, I want to we've got about, you know, 13 minutes left here in the live cast. And I, I want to um, give you a chance to talk about. Um, again, uh, what are the arguments that the proponents of abortion make mm-hmm. and how do we respond to that? What are the, what are the uh, and just sort of a little abortion apologetics here, if you can, uh, for us. So what's the number one uh, thing that people in favor of abortion who say, no, it ought to be legal, mm-hmm. uh, it's a woman's body or whatever. What, what, what's their argument and how should we respond? The
3: number one argument is rape. Okay. Which I actually think is a very disingenuous argument to make because if I've, I've done this on campuses, a good friend of mine just did it in Congress a few weeks ago. Um, if you ask an abortion support, you say, fine, let's take this off the table. Let's say abortion should be legal in cases of rape or incest. Will you stand with me to oppose 98% of all abortions? Mm. I've never found anyone who supports abortion who's willing to say that. Mm. So I think it's a very disingenuous argument and I actually think it's very sad because they're using the trauma, they're using the horror of rape to justify the extremism of abortion. Mm -hmm. And what they're also doing is they're devaluing children who have been conceived in rape. I have many, I have, I know multiple people. Uh, One very good good friend who is here because a mother who was sexually assaulted, courageously chose life Mm -hmm. and then placed for adoption.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah. A
3: whole legacy, a whole family tree that is here today because Sixty years ago, one woman courageously chose life. Mm-hmm. And when we talk about rape, when we talk about incest, you hear it. It's almost like we talk about these human beings that don't matter. That because the circumstances of your conception, you don't matter. And we don't we don't give like grades on birth certificates. We don't give gold stars or silver stars on birth certificates. We say you're a human being. You matter. You know this proves that you're a citizen of the United States. But we don't say, oh, gold star, Richard, because the night you were. Conceived. Your parents went out and date, and they were really trying to get pregnant that's with you. Right. Or Kristen, your parents. It was a kind of a surprise, um, and no one was really intending for you. So you only get a silver star. We don't do that. Right. We say every human being is equally valuable and deserving of life because they were created in the image of our Creator. Right. Yeah, that's right. And so I think we need to back that conversation up and really start when we hear that accusation be made. I think ask, ask the person you're talking to. Well, let's just take that off the table for a second. Would you support this law that I'm talking about if it included an exception for rape? Mm-hmm. They'll never say yes.
1: What about the argument, that, that that's amazing. What about the idea of, oh, well, this child is gonna grow up in poverty mm-hmm. or in some kind of difficult circumstances or, you know, the, um, I forget what the Suffering. Yeah, the mm-hmm. suffering. They'll suffer
3: at some point Let, in their life. Let's
1: just spare them from a hard life by killing them. Uh, oh.
3: I have snarky responses and I have compassionate responses. So, I, uh, yes, I, I think the first thing you have to re- realize and convey is that everyone will suffer in their life. Mm. And our goal as fellow human beings should be to eliminate suffering but it is an extremist step to say because someone may suffer, which you never know fully, that they should be brutally murdered. Mm -hmm. that they should be dismembered they should be administered poison to cause cardiac arrest that they should have a vacuum that's 12 times more powerful than a normal household vacuum suck them apart that's an extremist step Mm -hmm. to say you may suffer therefore it is better that I do this to you the question I think we need to ask is is there anything else that we can do or a policy or prescription that we can prescribe that is less extreme than brutally ending your life.
1: Right, and and uh, do we need to get better informed about what resources and options are available to women who feel like they're not they, they don't wanna um, raise this child or they can't right. raise this child because of their condition or circumstances?
3: Absolutely. And, and actually, uh, Andrew Wanda Ministries is actually co-sponsoring a Standing With Her Sunday on August 28th. You should go to standingwithhersunday.org and sign up. Um, but the whole reason we put together that event, this, this national simulcast event, is to train the church in all the resources that are available in the pro-life movement, whether it's pregnancy centers, maternity homes, transitional homes, adoption agencies, yes. domestic you know abuse survivor agencies, there's all of these you know, post-abortive healing resources. There's all of these resources that we have in place, but sadly, we know from our work, we've been knocking on doors for the past year, almost a year and a half now. Uh, with our abortion free c- communities project. And so um, we've been we've chose 20 cities and we door knock in neighborhoods surrounding an abortion facility once a month. We're doing billboards and digital media and everything. We're Denver's one of our cities. But what we've found, we've had hundred and twenty thousand conversations with neighbors. Uh, 73% of those neighbors do not know the pregnancy centers exist. <laughs> Even though wow. in some of those cities, like in Denver, when I was door knocking, you could walk to the pregnancy center from the home I was visiting and it's right across from the Planned Parenthood and everybody you talk to knows where the Planned Parenthood is and everybody knows you can have abortion there but they don't know the resources and this statistic holds true whether it's Christian or non-Christian. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's what we have to do as the church right now in post-Roe era, of saying, here are the resources. Here's how we're standing with her. Here's We've been starting, supporting, sustaining all these resources for 50 years. Our job is not gonna be over. And we don't see this as the end of our fight. And, mm-hmm. um, and so that whole line of you know pro-lifers don't care about babies after they're born, they don't care about, I mean, that's not true. In Texas, when they passed this, incredible heartbeat law that's saving thousands. thousands of lives. They also at the same time passed the Alternatives Abortion Act funded it with over a hundred million dollars that support women and families up to three years old after the birth of their child. Mm. No one ever talks about that. And by yeah. the way, that wasn't the abortion you know, industry promoting those laws. When we're on campuses with our Standing With You program, Students for Life, we're changing policies. We're going into the administration demanding that they uphold a pregnant girl's Title IX rights. We're demanding that there's housing for a girl so she doesn't get kicked out of college just because she's pregnant. She can live in the dorms until she gives birth. That's not the pro-choice movement doing that. That's the pro-life movement. So we actually have to have like a, I kind of call it like the virtual like tool belt of like you as a Christian need to know standingwithyou.org, you know, abortion support, you know, supportafterabortion.org, you know, uh, abortionproreversal.com. Like you need to know all of these like resources and have in your tool belt so you can be advocating and talking about them.
1: Wow that's amazing that's amazing so I think most people out there definitely uh, feel that okay if Roe versus Wade is reversed we've won (laughs) right but the truth is that all it's doing is opening the door back up for us to fight the fight yeah. for the unborn right. at, a, at a more local level, yep. and uh, so it's an opportunity, it should be celebrated, mm-hmm. um, and, but but really we all have a lot more work to do, right. and so um, what can the average person out there kind of do, there's, there's been a lot uh, thrown at them today, go on those websites that mm-hmm. we listed, mm-hmm. um, connect with your organization. Um, well, let's talk about churches for a second yep. what do you think that uh, the churches can do or or can people do stuff inside of their church yes. that would that would be a blessing
3: well the first thing is sign up for standing with her sunday.org because okay. this is the simulcast so it'll be for your church your small group okay. and it's gonna be about a 90-minute program Andrew will be speaking have figured out if I'm going to get him in person or video yet um, but we're trying to get everybody in person um, But the idea is this will give be that starting point for your church. This is going to tell you all the resources and how your church can step up in your community Mm -hmm. to serve. Um, And so we're going to have different representatives from different parts of the pro-life movement kind of all together. So I think that really is the first step, um, because I think that's where you're going to get all the information. But I do think as a Christian you need to one understand that this is now the time not to be silent this is a time to be vocal this is the time to be, yeah. time to be courageous uh, don't shy away from these conversations in the workplace or at the dinner table you know talk openly about why you support the reversal of versus Wade why you're excited for this moment the mm-hmm. opportunity that we have to save millions of lives mm-hmm. millions of lives right. and transform our entire nation um, I think that's Re- that's really the first step is knowing okay i can't sit back anymore mm-hmm. like i have to be actively engaged it is not it is no longer going to be acceptable for you to say oh yeah i'm pro-life yeah. i voted pro-life yeah yeah oh okay what did you do do you have a bumper stick in your car with StandingWithYou.org? do you are you advertising this are you sharing things on your social media about all the resources that are available and i'm not saying that Every person has to be willing, like you and I, to go to a state capitol and advocate for a passage of legislation. But we should all, at the very minimum, be willing to talk about the alternatives that exist, the social safety net that we have created, in the pro life movement for 50 years mm-hmm. to support women.
1: So folks that are that are watching um, th- what's the website again for the standing with her standing, Sunday. standing with her sunday.org.org org, yep. okay. Uh, it, you can go there and then you need to f- uh, forward that website that link to your pastor. Yes. Okay? And yes. and encourage him uh, to or or ask for an opportunity to visit with him about how to get your church on board mm-hmm. to participate in standing with her Sunday and that's on August what now? August 28th. August twenty-eight. And if you sign up and you
3: commit to getting this, you know, whether you're playing it at your church on Sunday night or if you're playing your small group, we'll send you a free action kit. You get bumper stickers, you get things to pass oh, out. Um, so it's it's really simple. It takes like two seconds to sign up, but, you, but really speaking to the pastor would be significant. Cause I have to tell you for the last year and a half, we've been working and promoting these alternative resources and pastors. Um, can be difficult they're very busy people apparently Richard (laughs) and so you got to really just kind of keep knocking on their door and say this matters this is important now is the time for the church to stand up they the abortion industry is not going to waste this moment and I've just talked about that with chemical abortion they're not wasting a moment we cannot waste a moment
1: right well that's amazing well Kristen um, Man, so much amazing information. I want to get this live cast and listen to it again. (laughs) It's so amazing. I hope all of you were taking notes. Uh, But if you weren't, you can uh, can check this video out once it's in our archive page. And uh, uh, we are at a historic moment in America, really a historic moment in the world. Where we're going to see, uh, God willing, Roe versus Wade reversed, and the door open for us to really um, begin to reduce the number of abortions in a way that uh, it was unthinkable uh, 15 years ago. And so, uh, Kristen, thanks for joining us again thanks today. Thanks for having me. Her organization again is Students for Life, and you can check them out at StudentsforLife.org, and uh, support them. Would you pray for them uh, and all the pro-life organizations that are out there in America? Thank you. Kim for joining us today and helping host this. It's been it's been a great time. So uh, God bless all of you. Thank you for watching. And also thank you to CTN for carrying our show uh, into your homes. And uh, we really appreciate them. They are amazing partners. And Catch us again next week uh, on Monday evening at 6 p.m. Mountain Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Time for uh, the Truth and Liberty live cast next week. Our guest is going to be Andrea Williams from uh, uh, Christian Concern in the United Kingdom. God bless you, and we'll see you then. God will come through. Miracles are waiting for you, but not if you stay in the boat. You're gonna have to step out of the boat and you're gonna have to take a step of faith and start walking on the water.
0: We all know that God has gifted us and we know that we are responsible for what we do with that gifting. We
1: must rebuild the United States of America, this constitutional republic under God. The time is now, we cannot wait any longer. us a nation that was founded on biblical principles. This nation could not exist without the gospel.
0: Join us next time for the Truth and Liberty broadcast. Find tonight's episode and related articles and links at truthandliberty.net. Truth and Liberty is viewer supported. If you'd like to help us continue our live casts, you can make a donation at truthandliberty.net.